0: into the Word of the Lord to the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter number 7, and I'm going to uh, tonight do what I feel in the Lord. Um, I know we've been in a series uh, teaching on holiness, and what I've got to preach tonight, maybe not teach, but preach tonight is going to to be in line with that. However, uh, I just felt this so strong. I Tried to kind of keep pushing towards um, preparing for the lesson and, and continuing on with our series, but um, I just felt to really uh, preach about this tonight, and so I'm gonna, I'm going to follow the Lord. I found out a long time ago it works better that way, and so if you have your Bibles, Hosea chapter number seven and verse eight, Ephraim hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Yea, gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth he knoweth not. And the pride of Israel testifieth to his face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all of this. Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt and they go to Assyria. I want you to look at this. It says, Ephraim hath mixed himself among the people. And then it goes, his stra- strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Yea, gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth not. And the pride of Israel testify to his face. They do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all of this. And I just want to preach my heart here tonight. And um, I know this may seem like a little unusual subject title here at first, but just bear with me. I want to preach about Old Man Pentecost. Old Man Pentecost. Praise God. Would you lift up your hands and your voices with me and let's pray together right now. Jesus, we look to you asking God that you would have your way in our midst here tonight. You would speak to each of our hearts. Draw us closer by this service conclusion. I pray that you would quicken all of us and help us all to realize our desperate need of you. Our need of drawing near to you, Lord, in these last days. Convict us, God, in areas that we've strayed. Help us, God, to come closer to the cross, closer to you, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. And let's give praise to him right now. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. You know it's probably indicative with this time of the year, but we have the tendency to kind of take inventory of things and uh, begin to reflect over the last year or maybe even perhaps our life up until this point. And then areas that we feel compelled and that we realize we need to, we set goals and we are inspired at this time of the year to make perhaps some adjustments to our lives and corrections so that we can have even a better year. And if you're a child of God, of course, spiritual things always weigh heavily upon your mind. Maybe there's areas of your life that you feel uh, need to be corrected spiritually, areas that you've fallen in your commitment, your consecration. Uh, perhaps you've not been as faithful to it as you know that you need to be, and you feel the draw. You feel at this time of the year that the need to to come closer to Him, and you know uh, that there are some things that you're going to have to correct or do in order to be closer to the Lord. And so it's not uncommon as we enter into 2018. For us to take that kind of inventory. Matter of fact, I think it's a good thing for us to uh, make those course adjustments and corrections. And also we reflect upon maybe things in our memory that God has done and God has blessed us in. Maybe not just over the last year, but maybe even back further than that in your relationship with God. And I was reflecting on some things over the last uh, little while, the last few days, on what I have seen God do and the works of the Lord that I have experienced in my life. And I think it's a good thing to have a testimony and to keep that testimony, to keep uh, that, that uh, testimony alive in your life. In other words... Rehearse it from time to time because it's a reminder of what God has done, perhaps what He's brought you through, miracles that He's performed, prayers that He's answered, things that He has uh, so graciously given and blessed you with. We ought to always be thankful for our testimony and the goodness of God in our lives. And never let that Uh, be something that we let fall by the wayside or we become unthankful or unappreciative of. I, I don't want to be counted among people that is unthankful for where God has brought me from. I think one of the ways that we guard ourselves from returning back to the pit from which we were dug is that we remember how horrible that pit was. We remember how horrible sin was and the effects of sin. And how powerful the experience of coming to God really is. When you came to an altar the first time. I don't know how far you've got to go back to go back to that particular moment. Maybe you were a child. Maybe you were a young person. Whenever it was. And and remember that. and, And the details of that moment of coming. Pouring your heart out to God. And feeling the presence of the Lord for the first time. And then, of course, receiving this full new birth experience and uh, being saved. What a glorious experience that it is, a wonderful thing. And then from that moment, there's been times, high points in all of our relationships with God that we can look back to and say, you know, that was just one of those pinnacle experiences where God blessed me and uh, God answered my prayer. There's people in this room that the Lord has healed from dreaded uh, diseases that the doctors was not able uh, to give you a cure for. But He cured you. He healed you. And you're still healed tonight because of the power of God. There's people in this place that you could not get out of the addiction that bound you. You could not overcome the the chains and the shackles that were upon your life, but you were in this place this evening, not because of, uh, of taking some kind of program and certain steps that you took, and there's nothing wrong with that as a supplemental thing, but I'm going to tell you we have to give credit where credit is due, and that is it was the power of the Holy Ghost that gave us the ability to overcome those things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's other situations and battles that you were able to make it through, times when it seemed like just discouragement in life was going to knock you down forever, and you were able to uh, emerge from that through the power and the help of the Holy Ghost and live a victorious life and go on living for the Lord. Maybe there's been times of a strong, extreme, intense attack of the enemy, but you were able to to overcome that through the power of the Holy Ghost and be victorious. All of these things. And so I have those testimonies as well. And I I remember times when God would move and revivals and the power of God. I remember when I was just uh, 16, I think, 15, 16 years old, uh, my cousin had been involved in a very tragic situation. And uh, matter of fact, his life was hanging in the balance it wasn't it wasn't a sure thing whether he was going to live or die and and I remember the preacher we were in revival at the time the evangelist he called for those of you that that have a need that you want the lord to work in to come to the front and i want to pray for you and when he got to me he asked me what the need was and i indicated to him that i was standing in proxy for my cousin who was hanging between life and death. And when that man laid his hand upon me and began to pray, I cannot even describe uh, the power of God that came down and the confirmation that I felt that though uh, this situation was very much uh, a situation that was hanging in the balance as far as medical science was concerned, I nevertheless knew that everything was going to be all right. And there was a peace that came that I had never experienced up until that point in my life. Now, there's been times since then I've had similar type visitations. But at that particular time and that particular need, there was something that was confirmed to me like I had never felt before. And also the Lord, during that he reaffirmed a calling upon my life that I was unsure of, and I had kind of drifted away from that. I had felt a call to be a minister of the gospel, to be a preacher when I was very young. But then I got to thinking, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just something, a dream that I've got or an ambition that I have. And it's got to be more than that. It has to be a calling, and and I need the Lord to really confirm that. And He did. During that time when we were praying there in the altar that day when I was just 16 years old. I'll never forget that and how powerful it was. And then some years later I remember I was in services and the Lord would come down and move upon me in a special way. I'll never forget uh, times when God would move in the churches that we were able to minister in as an evangelist and and things that that uh, didn't even know anything about. I remember one particular church service in Modesto, California that I was invited to preach. And it was my first time to ever preach in that particular church. And, and I didn't really know, even though I was from there, I didn't know anything really about the church itself. Or uh, the pastor, it certainly not indicated anything to me. And again, I was a very young evangelist, just kind of getting started. But I had been praying, and I had been seeking God. I had been calling on the Lord to help me and uh, speak through me. And I didn't get up with a lot of eloquence, and I didn't preach with a whole lot of uh, uh, theological knowledge that night, Uh, but I did feel like the Lord was speaking through me. And I remember the pastor uh, telling me, uh, you know what was spoken through you tonight in the Holy Ghost I had just uh, been dealing with a situation here that was very, very crucial, and the Holy Ghost spoke directly to that situation. I have seen that time and again happen when I would walk to the pulpit, and uh, not really even up until that moment, and I know this might sound frightening, and it was frightening to me. I didn't have any clarity. Didn't have any message per se. We were in the throes of revival and been there several nights and, and uh, weeks. And back in those days, it wasn't like I had a big old repertoire of sermons to pull from. But I just kind of trusted the Lord after those first couple of weeks. Bless God, I'd run out of every bit of ammunition I had. And uh, now we're here in a six, seven, eight week revival. And back in those days, my brother, they went just about every night and so we was preaching and, and it was one of those deals i was dependent on god to speak to me directly and give me a message that day to preach and sometimes it would be right up until i would step in the pulpit and then a clarity would come and a scripture would be laid upon my heart and I was able to preach from that scripture what I felt to be a very clear word from God. An anointed a message from the Lord. And uh, how God works when we allow him to work. Amen. I'm not talking about a time when there was professionalism. I'm not talking about you know the greatest moments uh, that I've ever experienced in God. It didn't happen in times when there was everything was perfect and everything was laid out and well organized and well orchestrated, and I could I could uh, have everything kind of pre-planned. But some of the greatest moves of God that I've ever been a part of have happened. By spontaneously the Spirit of God moving and flowing in the place. And God moving on my heart. Or moving on the heart of those that were in the service. and, And taking us in a certain direction. And uh, maybe it wasn't something that we even thought was going to happen that night. But God knows. God knows. And God understands. And I just begin to reflect upon those things. You've heard me tell the story of how I was preaching in a place one time. And the revival closed. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And and I was just praying, Lord, I trust you. I know i got to leave here tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going. Don't know where to go next. And don't really have much money to get any place far off and I certainly can't go back home because home is 1,800 miles away. So you're going to have to work for me. But I believe you're able to work for me. And while I was praying that prayer, uh, the pastor's son came into the sanctuary and said, "When we got home tonight, and this was about 11:30 midnight, he said there was a message on the phone, and and uh, the brother up the road here, they had a great service tonight, and they'd like for you to come and begin revival." And there began a relationship that's been going on now for almost 26 years. And I have preached in that church many, many times since. And uh, and in that particular revival, there was a, a, a young man that was a Spanish young man that got the Holy Ghost, ended up being the Spanish pastor of that church, and they launched a Spanish church. I'm going to tell you, you can't, you can't outperform God when God wants to move and when God gets ready to work if we can get on the same page as God. If we can get on the same page as God and move and flow and be sensitive to the Spirit of God, that's what really counts. I said that's what really matters. Amen. And so it's important that we continue in this same vein. The same God that established us in our relationship with Him. Some of you go back more than 35, 36 years And uh, you go back 45, 50 or more years in your relationship with God. But I'm going to tell you the relationship and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you experienced during those times. God has not diminished in His power. God has not diminished in His strength. We don't have anywhere to affix blame but solely upon our own shoulders if there's not anointing like we desire it. If there's not the intensity and the moves of God like we desire it. We need to stop pointing our fingers and saying this or that or someone over there. Amen. And and go to the mirror and point our fingers at ourselves. And realize am I praying like I need to be praying? Am I seeking God like I need to be seeking God? Am I consecrating and fasting and Pouring my heart before God like I did some years ago. Blessings now are abundant. And we are further down the road than perhaps we've been. And God has given us much more than any one of us deserve. But don't allow those blessings. And don't allow the good things and the comforts and the amenities and all the things that God has blessed us with to cause us to become so content that we no longer pursue and we no longer have a passion for the things of God. Amen. That we we set back on our laurels and we do not pursue a revival like we used to or once did pursue revival. But help us, oh God, to get hungry. Help us to get thirsty for you. Help us uh, to have the drive that we used to have, the determination that we used to have, the hunger for the Word of God, the hunger for the Spirit of God moving in our. Come on, does somebody hear me preach here tonight? Amen. A desire to see souls saved. Come on, it cannot be all about us all the time. It can't just be about your blessing and you getting what you want to feel and you coming and you shouting and you getting victory. Come on, we've had enough victorious service. You ought to live in a place of victory and be able to move beyond that to help somebody else get some victory, help somebody else experience the power of the Holy Ghost. It can't even always be about just my family. And it can't just be about what I want and what's up close to me and my needs. i got to get beyond that and trust God, amen, that while I'm praying for revival in my home and my family that I'm also praying that God would use me to reach a field, a harvest that is ready right now. Amen. Maybe people we've been praying for and seeking God for and we need to continue to seek God for perhaps they're not ready right now. You know, it can be a discouraging thing when your focus gets entirely upon that person or those individuals that you want God to save. And you never have a global vision. You never get a vision for the city or a vision for the region. But it only centers around the people that you love and you're interested in and nobody else. That's much like Elijah when he came to Israel. He thought the revival was going to come through Ahab and Jezebel. And he spent all of his efforts and his energy on that. And it led to such disappointment that he didn't even feel like he was worthy to live. Amen. That will get you discouraged if you focus all of your efforts uh, on just a few and don't realize uh, that it may not be their time yet. I'm going to keep praying for them and believing for them, but I'm going to preach to some people that are interested and that are hungry and that are desirous, and there's a whole lot of them that are out there. While we're waiting on backsliders to come home. While we desire prodigals to come back into this church. And we're always going to provide a place for them. Let's don't fixate on our success being all wrapped up in them. But let's go after the revival that God has promised to us as a church and a people. Praise God. Come on, somebody clap your hands and praise the Lord. It's the truth anyway. I said it's the truth anyway. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I, I was having a conversation with a, a dear friend, and uh, he was telling me a, a story that I haven't been able to get away from since the time that he told me the story. And uh, he said it was uh, an, an esteemed elder that if I mention his name, uh, most of you would probably know. And uh, I'm taking the story as he told it. I don't know uh, the details, and sometimes when things get told down the line that there are certain details and things that get left out or added to, and it's not something that's purposely done, but sometimes it just happens that way. So I, I, I'm telling it as accurately as it was told to me. But this man, uh, this esteemed elder, well, had been seeking God about the conditions of things, and, and uh, The Lord was known to deal with this individual. He's since passed on, and uh, he's with the Lord. But uh, he was in a church service uh, in a vision that he was having. Uh, He was in a church, so I don't remember if it was a dream or a vision, but the Lord was revealing this, and it was like he was in a church service. And he said there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of uh, things that were happening in that place, a lot of, uh, it was an intense uh, worship service and there was a lot of a lot of uh, worship and praise that was going on and and a lot of things was happening but uh, uh, there there seemed to be a hollowness to it it just something wasn't exactly right uh, There's a lot of a lot of things happening a lot of energy being expended but it just didn't have any real depth to it and he said I noticed that there was an older man that was setting up towards the front. And uh, I looked at him, and he, he obviously was much older than the rest of the crowd that was there. And uh, you could tell that he was uncomfortable with what was happening, what was taking place. He was trying his best to, to get involved and, and trying his best to participate, but he just, he just never was able to get in sync with what was happening. And then he watched after a little while that older gentleman, as he reached and, and picked up his Bible, and he, he was on a cane, he got a cane, and he began to walk down the aisle. And he said, that's that's all I could focus on was that man. And finally in this dream, he asked the Lord, he said, who is that man? What are you trying to reveal to me here? What are you trying to show me? And uh, the Lord spoke to this man. Uh, I'll call him a modern day prophet. The Lord spoke to him and said, that's Pentecost. That's old man Pentecost. And he's leaving the building. He doesn't feel comfortable with this. And when that was told to me, when that story was relayed to me, I I, I, I just began to, uh, I couldn't get away from it. it it's disturbed me. I, uh, it's been on my mind. I've reflected on it ever since because I don't want apostolic anointing and apostolic power and uh, Pentecost as, uh, in, its, in its purity and in its unadulterated power uh, to ever not feel comfortable in our church and among us. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't want it to be replaced with a light show. I don't want it to be replaced with a bar scene type atmosphere in here. And uh, I don't want it to ever be replaced with uh, smoke and mirrors and all those kinds of things and the display of all of that and and as much as i want people to uh, put forth uh, with a spirit of excellency and and i want to have the very best music that we can have and the very best singing that we can possibly have and all of that i don't want to put too much emphasis on that so that pentecost leaves the building Amen. I, I don't ever want to allow amen, preaching to become so professional and, and so you know dignified and all of that kind of stuff. You could put too much emphasis on that. You can put too much emphasis on intellect. You can put too much emphasis on education. You could put too much emphasis on all of those things and forsake the true meaning and anointing of it all. And there's nothing wrong with uh, being able to speak clearly, and there's nothing wrong again with being educated necessarily but I'm just telling you when we rely upon that and we don't rely upon old fashioned consecration we got a problem when we rely upon that and we don't rely upon the power of God being in our midst we got a problem amen we don't want old man Pentecost to feel uncomfortable we want the power of God we want the glory of God And just because there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of energy, that doesn't mean that it's always the glory and the power of God. We need people that are sensitive enough to be able to feel, now this is of God, and this is right, and this is Pentecost at its best. Amen. Able to identify and discern. That this over here is not something I want to be deceived by because the devil has some very good looking substitutes. He has some very close, amen, looking counterfeits that he tries to pass off as the real and the genuine and the authentic. But those of you that know what it is to feel the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost will never be substituted and satisfied with something less than I just want to state this as a disclaimer here tonight. I don't have an ax to grind. I'm mad at nobody. I don't have anybody on my sights here tonight, or I'm not targeting anyone. But I'm just doing this as I feel led in the Holy Ghost. But the problem is, we got a lot of people that come to church with a chip on their shoulder, and they come to church and try to shackle the preaching, and that's not what Pentecost is all about. Pentecost has always been a liberated pulpit, an unshackled pulpit, and being able to preach Thus saith the word of the Lord, as the anointing of the Holy Ghost directs a man to preach. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Prayer meetings. I, I, I've i been a part of them. You've been a part of them. Some of you know more. Uh, about the other day, early days of this church. I was talking to somebody just the other night. I remember folks telling me how that maybe they'd put some stipulations when the church was over on Lumpkin Street about the noise. After a certain hour, they put a curfew. You couldn't have any more singing and praying and any amplification, and neighbors were kind of complaining about it, so they made them some uh, prayer buildings out on some property, and they took people out there and they would pray. You know, sometimes it don't happen in 20 minutes. Man, there's been so much emphasis. And I'm talking about dear friends of mine putting emphasis on, well, man, I, I, I try to preach 20 minutes. I, I try to preach 25 minutes. And uh, I, I promise people that I'm going to let them out in 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you're going to be in an apostolic church, you got to throw that out the window somewhere. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Amen. We're not, we're not like that. We're not the denominal church, and you can't put God in that kind of a box. And I don't believe in just preaching to be long. I don't believe in just preaching as, you know, just to just to keep people and to hold people, and people feel like they're about in prison by the time you let them go. Amen. I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that people ought to be sitting there saying, Pharaoh, 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 let my people go. I don't believe that. Amen. But I do believe that we need folks uh, that are not so much into watching the time in Amen, as they are seeking after a move of the Holy Ghost. I remember prayer meetings, prayer meetings going, amen, and getting involved in prayer meetings and losing. I believe there's a place of prayer that you can get that you can actually lose the, the track of time. You get lost in the spirit sort of. And, 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 you know, people that did that, they were able to get up and go and do their duties because God gave them strength to do it. And if God's in it, that will happen, I believe. If God's in it, it'll happen. I don't believe in forcing something. That's the reason a lot of times if we have a move around here, we may have only been here 30, 45 minutes or an hour, and I'm not going to try to top that and try to just hang on and hold people here for another hour just because we've had services that ran a little longer. No, if it's done, it's done. Amen. But if it's not done, then we need to get to the place that God wants us to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. And and so we got to open up our spirit, and we can't be closed off, and we can't shut the door. It's not up to us. It's up to God. It's up to yielding to God. But people used to pray with intensity. I heard a story. Brother Kilgore, as you know, was a man of of prayer and a man that really knew how to seek God and a man that that really knew how to get a hold of the Lord. Many hours sometimes in in the day, he, he would spend time in prayer. And uh, I knew of a man that was from under his ministry that was in a church service with him somewhere. And uh, he asked Brother Kilgore. he said, where, where, where would I find the prayer room in this building? And, and he directed him towards the prayer room. And he said, I'd always known in this particular church there to be thunderous prayer in the prayer room. And uh, much prayer before service going on. He said, but I walked in and I was the only one in there. He said, but they had him a nice coffee shop that was set up out there. And people was out there sipping coffee and fellowship and having a good time. I'm certainly not against coffee, and I'm not against fellowship. But I'm going to tell you there's a time for that, and there's a time to get a hold of God, and there's a time to pray. Amen. Amen praise the Lord and and since then that very church and and I don't like to report these kind of things I don't like to talk about these I don't relish this but that church is dead and gone and no longer an apostolic church I'm going to tell you when prayer is not an emphasis and when prayer is no longer uh, something that is going on in in the preliminaries of services and and something that our people are part of I'm going to tell you uh, old man Pentecost is going to grab his belongings And he's going to walk out of the building Because he don't feel comfortable there anymore I want the anointing and the power of God And prayer is a big part of it (laughs) Hallelujah Praise the Lord Praise the Lord While I'm on it I'm going to just tell you that worship Worship is a big part of it Uh, I know we've become We've come a long ways in Pentecost. Uh, we wear nicer clothes than we've ever worn. We, we have uh, we have greater uh, emphasis on all of that and style and and uh, we drive nicer cars and, and we live in nicer houses than we ever have. But I want to tell you, God could take us back to old shanties if He has to. He could take a lot of things away from us uh, and it may happen before this is all said and done. But when we came into this thing, we didn't come in with a prideful, haughty spirit. We came in with an attitude that God deserves the glory. He gets the praise and I come to worship him and by the time I leave here I want to lift him up just a little higher. I want to put him on the throne of my life. I'm not ashamed of apostolic worship. I'm not ashamed of clapping my hands. I'm not ashamed of people running the aisle. You may be ashamed of people leaving for joy but I'm not ashamed of it. And when visitors come, don't you dare curve your worship. Even don't you dare back off praising God, they know what they bargain for when they come to an apostolic church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was the Apostle Paul that said in Acts 24 and 14, he said as the, as the way they call heresy, so I worship the God of our Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The way they call heresy. I confess to you that's the way I worship. And that's the way I praise God. They think it's crazy. But God seems to like it. God seems to want it. I'm going to tell you, he doesn't get much out of us sitting there like statues. He doesn't get much out of us just coming and being dignified. He doesn't get much out of our pride and our haughtiness. He doesn't get much out of that. I'll tell you what he gets is when people lift up his name and say, God, this isn't about me. This is about you receiving the glory. You know what, so you need you need the Holy Ghost to turn you seven ways from Sunday and shake some of that pride out of you and you to realize where he brought you from. Come on, you're not so dignified you can't shout, you're not so dignified you can't worship God. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Oh yeah, I don't want Pentecost to leave the building. I'm going to tell you, Pentecost has always been identified with separation from the world. A holy look, amen, set apart, peculiar, different women of Pentecost have always been identified with uncut hair. Always been identified with modest dress, shamefacedness and sobriety. Amen. That's always been an identifying mark of Pentecost. And men have always been clean shaven in Pentecost. I'm talking about real Pentecost. Seems like there's a lot of acceptance of other things nowadays. But I'm talking this is the root. This is going back to square one. This is going back to what's really right. Somebody said, well, I took a second look and and I don't think all that. I took a second look and I found out we're right. I took a third look, and I I still feel like we're right. I've studied this, amen, inside and out. I didn't get this from somebody telling me this is right. I got my nose in the book, and I found out it is right. And I'd be willing to debate anybody who wants to come and talk to me about what is right and wrong in the Word of God. Because it's right. Right. Praise the Lord. There's not one standard that this church has and preaches and upholds that is wrong or that isn't right. It's in the Bible. And we're going to keep preaching and keep standing for it. Not in an ugly attitude and bad spirit. We're going to do it in love. Amen. But we're not backing up and compromising just because somebody decided that they want to change things. Amen. You change if you want to, but we're not changing because this is where the power is. This is where the authority of the Holy Ghost resides. Amen. This is what God blesses. This is what has brought me this far, and I think it will take me the rest of the way. I don't want old man Pentecost to get his belongings and walk out of the building. I want him to feel comfortable in this place as an apostolic church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, I've already touched on it, but anointed preaching. Anointed preaching. Amen. Not just good communication. You know, preachers are not called preachers anymore. They're called communicators. Bah humbug. Amen. I don't like that. God didn't call me to be a good communicator per se. I don't think we ought to be terrible communicators. But what I'm saying is, is the emphasis is not just in saying exactly right and politically correct. You know, I just, you know, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but, you know, I just, I don't know if it's true. just read today that Dolly Parton changed Dixie Stampede to Stampede because she wanted to be politically correct. I'm going to tell you, that stuff's getting ignorant. I said it's getting plumb. I know that's a good East Texas word, but it's getting ignorant to have to try to tiptoe around everybody's little feelings on everything. I'm going to tell you, you're in the wrong church, folks. If your feelings are out there on edge all the time, you've got to worry about that all the time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, I just don't, I don't get with all that stuff. I don't get with all that political correct preaching all the time. Sin is sin. I don't want a priest to tell me, what well, it looks like leprosy, but you know it probably ain't leprosy. Go home. Pass it on to your kids. Give it to your wife. Give it to all your friends. No. I want him to look me in the eye and say, hey, that looks like leprosy to me. And if I'm not really totally sure, I'm still going to quarantine you for seven days because i got to be sure about this because other people's lives are in jeopardy. Praise the Lord. That's right. Hallelujah. And, and we don't take our cues from Hollywood and how they feel about things and what they think about things and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we, we take our cues from the Word of God. They don't set the culture. The Word of God is supposed to set our culture. Amen. They don't set our guidelines for life. The Word of God is to set our guidelines for life. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the problem. People are gotten into all of that and forsaken God and the things of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ephraim has mixed himself among the people. Some things are just not gonna mix with Pentecost. Hollywood's one of them. You can't mix Hollywood and Pentecost together. You, you're not gonna get, get a Pentecostal product when you do that. It doesn't work. Hallelujah. The philosophies, all of the things. Why do I always feel attentiousness in, in a in a you know kind of cranking down and trying to feel a little bit of a vice when I talk about these things? I'll tell you why it's because some are involving yourself in that and you know it's wrong and you've known for years it's wrong. Hallelujah. And and and, it, and it's wrong and it's still wrong today as it's ever been. Times may have changed but God's word has not changed, folks. It's still wrong. <laughs> Said he's a cake not turned. I don't want a half-baked deal here. Strangers have devoured his strength taken away the power. He's just a shell. He's got it on the sign. He's got the, the name, but that's all he's got. Ephraim. No, oh, but you don't have you're part of the lineage, but you don't have the power. Amen. And you don't even know it. You don't even realize it, what's happening. They do not return or seek him. Ephraim is like a silly dove without heart. Meaning that he just flints around, no convictions, no restraints, just does whatever feels good, goes wherever the crowd's going, whatever way that the current takes him, that's where he goes. A silly dove. Can't be taken seriously. His word cannot be taken seriously. He has no character because he just flints around wherever. Amen. you got to be able to stand up in this day and hour. Praise the Lord and say, God, I want to be right. I want my family to be saved. I want to live for you the way we're supposed to live for you. Amen. I don't want to just be Pentecostal name. I don't want to just be a member of a Pentecostal church. I want to be a member of the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me right now and let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord and give him praise.